All right, let's make the best out of this episode. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am your host, Gavin, aka Gavo, aka whatever you want to call me. I got my the main host of this whole thing, the man who <laughs> runs the show. Mike Will, what's good? What's good, everybody? How y'all doing out there? We definitely want to welcome y'all. This is the Business Stir Fry Podcast. Please make sure you go through, go follow us on Facebook, follow Mike Will on Instagram. Make sure you go like something, read a story, leave a comment, give us some feedback. Let us know if you love it, you hate it. Let us know everything. This one, you're supposed to do your intro and let them know uh, um, the purpose of the podcast. I mean, hey, as we always say, this podcast is going to be for players. There we go. Ballers. Everybody that's out there trying to go get it, man. This is the Go Get a Podcast. It is. That's us letting, you know, I might keep me on track. I keep him on track. I know. We, you know, we barely paying attention. I mean, it's <laughs> like we're recording this thing in our living room or something. Hey, but that's what makes this podcast dope because we definitely don't want this to be corny. We definitely want this to be, like, realistic. Make sure everybody learns something and gets something from this. So... Before we get to the main purpose of the podcast, man, I got a couple things we need to discuss. Uh-oh. Yeah, man. Um, before we get started, so I was on Black Enterprise because you know me and you had a problem with them uh, not too long ago, <laughs> and you know I went on their website. Want to do better? We need them to do better. What's the cash register? Because they got to cut us that check. So with them, um, I was noticing on their main page they was talking about five things that entrepreneurs get wrong. Well, black entrepreneurs get wrong about growth marketing, right? And so one thing I want everybody to listen to, whenever you start a new venture, we started this venture. Um, I'm starting, I was starting another podcast. We both started several businesses on the side. Um, you always go to this thing where you want to get like press and mentions and you worrying about if people are sharing your information and you worrying about if you can find the right press. Um, and they brought up a good point. And I wanted to talk about it just simply because they brought up one of the best point. One of the best points they brought up is sometimes when you do press, instead of like going to these papers and saying, hey, I need y'all to promote me. What you should do is like, hey, let me write for y'all. And in return, you promote me. Oh. And so it's just something I wanted everybody to kind of keep in mind, because what you can do is you can leverage that and saying, hey, now I'm a writer for you guys. You know, what I'm saying I can provide you with information now that's opening up relationships that you never you know, thought of it's funny that you that you mentioned that because um two two sites that i'm signed up for in a partner program and i haven't wrote a thing for them yet uh-huh so this this is actually a lesson gavin is actually telling us something <laughs> that i actually should be better at is um cora and um the medium okay both of them have partner programs both of them you can you can pretty much post whatever you want mm. in whatever categories you want and people Dope. will see you know you as an author then they click on you and of course it'll show everything that you're involved in and there's a ton of people that that get um i, I follow a lot of investment guys there's a ton of people on coral especially in cryptocurrency yeah that have built these huge followings just by answering questions and getting upvoted so no it's that's actually absolutely 100 percent correct yeah and we need more like i just think it's dope personally because you can go to them and say hey let me give y'all information because what they're going to end up doing is you never know it might be a job waiting in there for you and next thing you know you making money that way well i mean it goes back to the ideal of you know um the shared economy i mean you know the uber mm-hmm. the uber eats the Grubhub. you know this ideal that someone you you've outsourced that part of the job yeah to someone else that you don't have to pay yeah you know it's <laughs> 
who else doing that? Um, I mean, pretty much any grocery store when you go and scan your own groceries. It's a checkout, right? <laughs> like, you, you say, I, well, I think I'm going to check myself out faster, not knowing any of the excuses for these fruits and Nothing. vegetables. <laughs> Bro, dead serious. This is totally off topic. I went into McDonald's and the lady told me to use the kiosk. And I said, you got to be kidding me. It was nobody wow. in she the line. She knew that that's like her last line of defense of having a job. Right? I don't even think she knew or cared. And Man, I was I, like, I was like, this is crazy. I do scan so many bananas. That banana skew is 94011 <laughs> for organic bananas. Look at Mike knowing the skews for bananas, man. Um, <laughs> Next up, we we don't need to get out hustled. Right? Like, Who's out hustling us? Okay. Well, there's this guy. Um, Corey Nives, I hope I ain't mess up your name. Um, when he was younger, he uh, started selling hot cocoa. Um, he started working, and once he got older, he started selling cookies. He started going out to race car tracks. Last year, he made six figures Ooh. in cash selling Ooh. cookies, bro. Selling cookies. Um, next thing you know, we got Senhil Chala. Don't get mad at me, bro. I'm sorry for messing that up. My boy made a uh, million dollars in support last year, Man. selling um, you know, a web development startup. Mm. Um, hold on, I got one more for you. Then you got these two young ladies, Caroline and Isabel, who sell bath bombs. Now everybody's probably want to know why the hell are we talking about them? Yep. Nobody's over twenty. Wow. Um, the two girls bath bombs. It's a good, it's a good topic though. Keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> the two girls they made twenty million dollars last year in bath what? bombs. In bath bombs. The the little boy, he was a little black boy. He's fifteen. Made a hundred thousand dollars in cash. That's Mr. Corey Cookies. I'm on his website right yeah. now. Yeah, and it's, and the site is actually made on Shopify. Um, it's pretty cool. So, how are we out here getting out hustled by <laughs> a fifteen year old, two seventeen year olds, and a nineteen year old? You know what? Belief in self is one. Uh-huh. And when you're young, you have more time. So, I mean, this, like I said, this is definitely the thing that I want to express to my my son and my nieces and nephews is the uh-huh. idea of, of building while you have time. Like I said, I'm on MrCoreyCookies.com website. Check it out. It's a pretty cool website for his cookies. Uh-huh. And, you know, this, I can tell this, sh- this store is built in Shopify. So, yeah. I mean, anybody can do this. Like, anybody can go and build your store in Shopify. What anybody can't do uh-huh. Just go and sell chocolate chip cookies as a little black kid at races. Absolutely, and that's why he's killing it. Absolutely, and, and that's why you have to find out. It's funny. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually writing on uh, the ideal of uh, what do they call it? What do they call it? What do they call it? Um, it's basically like early adopters, late adopters, and mm-hmm. I, I'm totally drawing a brain fart right now. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is, uh, is the ideal of why do why do people adopt when they adopt? And why do people buy when they buy? And this guy is one of the first people, and I'm pretty sure, uh-huh. was selling cookies as a young black kid at a NASCAR race. He found a niche, and he's going to make money just because he fell into that niche. Absolutely. And that's what a lot of us got to understand is that, you know, if you go into a crowded space, where where is the crowd in, <laughs> in that space? You know, are you an early adopter or are you are a late adopter? doesn't matter when you come in. That, it's funny because that's actually what we're talking about today. Absolutely. Is the we business don't... of the bad idea. Come on, Diffusions man. Diffusions of ideal model. That's hey, the name. All hey, right. Hey, man. You know how my transitions <laughs> is. So I try to set the podcast I up. I know. It. But, and it's funny you just mentioned that because one of the laws of branding is um, you need to create something in the space that nobody's in. Yeah. Like, that's where the true success. And we talked about that last episode yeah. with all the entrepreneurs who created things that nobody was in a certain space. And they found that niche and they kept it moving. 
Um, so don't get out hustle. Uh, last thing we got to talk about it because it's been everywhere. Jay Z in the NFL, man. Oh man! And so this this, this story has been all over the place. And all right, and I'm gonna go ahead and say where I am on this. Oh gosh, here we go. At the very beginning of the story. Oh gosh, here we go. I'm on Jay Z's side. Okay. All right. All right, and and this is the thing. I'm a 49ers fan. That is true. I'm a Cap fan. I've been that is true with too. Cap since day one. Absolutely. But on this. I am a Jay-Z fan. People are like, man, he took Jermaine Dupree deal. I'm going to let you finish. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Sorry. Go ahead and finish. So, for anybody that doesn't watch football because you've been boycotting the last year or you just don't care or you're just not a sports person, um, the biggest rapper, probably second behind Tupac, the biggest rapper ever. No, uh, Jay-Z is the best. I mean, I mean well, I, not, he's not the, I'm talking I about the best rapper of all time, but I think Jay-Z is the biggest name in rap. Period. And you can argue this point. Well, right? okay, so I'm arguing it from <laughs> yeah. I think there's a better rapper than him. I think there's a more popular rapper than him. Yeah, I, I think Nas is a better rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think personally, popularity, I personally think that Snoop Dogg is more popular. Like every he's known in every space by every age group. Yeah. That's my personal opinion about popularity. But I think culturally, the impact overall, I think he's only second to like and it's fading out because Tupac is dead and yeah, his kids it, it are growing up. So, yeah. um, so Jay Z. So anyway, back to Jay Z. And he's partnered with the NFL. The NFL gave him a deal where we're talking about, um, you know, doing cultural stuff, social um, impact, but also him. They masked it under the halftime show and saying, "Hey, he's going to be doing entertainment for the Super Bowl." And details later came out about. He might be a part owner of a team. Yeah. So. And then he might be the majority owner of the team. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people, at first, a lot of people, first of all, information came out slow, like it always does, yeah. right? And so at first, when people heard it, people were mad because how could you partner with the NFL, with Cap? And then it came out about like, hey, you know, Jay Z was calling people and saying, hey, do not work for the NFL in the Super Bowl when it was in Atlanta. Cause, yeah. And then every, what's funny is, if that is true, which we believe it because J.D. then came out and said, hey, he did call me. It's funny because a lot of people last year was complaining there was no black acts in the Super Bowl. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah. The blackest city. They blacking in D.C.? Uh, it's, it's probably neck and neck. Okay. <laughs> so, I think I, I mean, they, they own more in Atlanta, so I think we give them more props in Atlanta. There we go. So the topic now is... Whose side are you on? You said you're on the side of Jay-Z. Why are you on the side of okay, Jay-Z? Okay, this is the thing. No, I, I said I, I stand behind Jay-Z's okay. what he did. Okay. Right? I'm on the side of all things positive. There, cool. there could be multiple positive things. Like, okay. We don't have to choose what's like what makes you feel better. This is stupid. Yeah. Right? So now, you got multiple things going on here. There is the overhanging problem of Jay-Z being a 1% owner of the Nets and being on billboards as a, as if he was the owner of the Nets. Absolutely. That is an overhanging problem. Yeah. Jay-Z has to address that. Yeah. And I'm not saying he has, when I say address that, guys, I'm not saying come on a press conference. The guy's a billionaire. He owns four different businesses worth over $100 million. He don't care about no So, so he, he doesn't have to come <laughs> on a press conference and tell, uh, go on a breakfast club and tell people what his intentions are. Absolutely. When I say he has to address it, what I'm saying is he has to understand that in the media, there's this overarching thought that you are being used. Played. Okay. Do I think Jay-Z is being used on this per se? I'm going to say no. 
Okay. Um, because everything, every move that Jay, go back and listen to the Jay Z episode if you want to know how much we respect Absolutely. how much this guy follows the Forty Eight Laws of Power. The problem is Jermaine Dupree. If he would have just read Forty Eight Laws of Power and stopped with number two, right? Yeah. It says never put too much trust in friends and learn how to use your enemies. Absolutely. All right. So this mindset, just just this one little thing is going to be the difference between a guy that's worth $20 million mm-hmm. and a guy that's worth a billion dollars. Absolutely. Just this one thing. So when we talk on this podcast, we always nail down, what a strategy, what a strategy, what a strategy. Jay-Z has a strategy. Uh-huh. Now, I hope he is going to be the majority owner I hope of the so. NFL team. Did he got I, enough money? I, 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 I mean, the bills are, are pretty inexpensive. It yeah. is in New York. <laughs> They've been trying to sell that team for so time, some time. I can really see the NFL giving Jay-Z a Jerry Richardson type-ass deal. Mm. Because remember, the NFL pretty much loaned Jerry Richardson pretty much. all the money to buy the Panthers. Go ahead, Bojangles. Yeah, so <laughs> so I can see the NFL saying that, hey, we finally have a guy that we can bring in, that mm-hmm. we can make an NFL owner. Now, I also can see the NFL rather doing that with a Jay-Z than a Byron Allen. Mm. Byron Allen's gonna apply a whole lot more pressure, okay, than what a Jay Z is, and this is no disrespect to either one of those two men. When this podcast finally goes viral, and I'm <laughs> sitting in the room with Jay Z, and I'm sitting in the room with Byron Allen, I don't want no smoke, none, I'm zero. Learn. I am zero percent. <laughs> I ain't even got the sound yeah, for 100% that. One hundred percent there to learn. But what I'm saying is, I think the NFL definitely. I think there's thirty two billionaires across the table. Excuse me, 30, 31 billionaires mm-hmm. across the table. That's Who's not it. a billionaire that's an owner? Every owner's a billionaire. Okay. Oh, you said 31. I thought it was... So, Jay-Z would be 32. 30, gotcha. Yeah. So, I think that they're looking across the table, mm-hmm. and they wanted to find someone that would not be an enemy, mm-hmm. and also would not be an adversary. Mm-hmm. And I think that when they look through the, the minority owners that they could add, if you take out the Jacksonville Jags owner... Yeah. Because I want to say, I'm not going to say what I think he is because I might come across as racist if I'm wrong. Absolutely. But he's not a white man. He's not white. <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't know what he is. But I, I do believe when they looked at owners that they could bring in, I definitely think that they wanted to bring in someone that was going to be a little bit more, uh, what's the word we're looking for here? Mealable to, yeah. <laughs> to the situation and the sensitivities of the league. And Well, you know what it is? Um, I think it's smart on the NFL part. Um, I think it's smart because you solve a couple of problems and you don't have to take the blunt of like the hit. Jay-Z is taking all the bad press. The NFL ain't taking no bad no, press. No, they're right taking now. no bad press right which now. Which is perfect yeah, for them. Exactly. So, which is which is what the owners wanted. Want it. This so is exactly what they wanted. Also So one NFL owners, uh-huh. zero Jay-Z. Jay-Z, at right? The moment. And then so <laughs> what happens is you made a great point later. Um when we were all in our group chat, shout out to the secret group chat that nobody's a part of besides the other four. Secret society. Exactly. Um, you talked about in the group chat, you said he's earned our respect for us to give him some space yeah. and let him work. Yeah. Like he's done that overall. He's done right? enough for us to say, well, let's not rush to judgment on Exactly. This. Like Jay-Z said, I want to bring my basketball team to Brooklyn. So he got the Nets out of New Jersey to Brooklyn. And the dude only, I think he only invested like, I think a little bit over a million dollars. No, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was, was, it was, it was so minor. Amount. And I think, and I think he learned, my, my bad, cutting y'all. Mm-hmm. I think he learned a really valuable lesson in that. Yeah. Because Jay-Z was used. Absolutely. 
And also, I don't think no one expected that real estate in Brooklyn to explode the way, the way it did. It did. I think I think Jay Z looks at that as a mistake. I know in the four 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 he spoke of buying you know the place yeah. and he didn't buy the place. Yeah, I, that's not the only place Jay Z is talking about. I now, think Jay Z really looked at what I could have afforded at the time. Yep, and how I really let them come and use me. And absolutely, and but um, I think at that time that really raised his profile as an artist definitely raises profile as an artist definitely raises profile in the business world i mean around this time Absolutely. i, I, I want to say this is around the time where you start seeing him with warren buffett mm-hmm. and starting to have a lot of those larger absolutely because it's the black album time exactly so and, and most of the time i think when we discuss him being used mm-hmm. like we discussing like oh yeah he really wasn't an owner yeah but we've minimized what access means Absolutely. And the problem that most of us have in business Here you go. is not that we don't have a great product. <laughs> uh-huh. It's that we don't have access. Absolutely. And Y'all- you got to <laughs> learn where to remove your pride in order to get access. Now, again, I don't think Jay-Z is as upset about owning 1% of the nets yeah. and being used because he got so much access. I think where Jay-Z sees his major mistake was I did not buy up everything that I had in Brooklyn in Brooklyn at the time. <laughs> I think that's where he sees his mistake. Absolutely. So, all right. That's what we got. To I can talk already to see this podcast going to run long. We're going to try not to keep y'all here for 40 minutes. Hey, today. but we're going to have fun, man. So let's start the podcast, man. Um, This is episode 13, 14, 12. We we're somewhere know. in there. We're getting to 20. We're going to drop season one. Download every episode. If you listen Please. to this right now, download Please. every episode so if you are still listening we want to thank you welcome to the business stir fry podcast make sure you're on facebook um this you're is not listening to this podcast you're missing out man you, yeah because this you, is good shit because what happens is you're going to be asking us questions later and i don't think i'm gonna just say to you is go to the podcast i'm go fucking listen. nailing it go ahead. <laughs> if you're not listening you're missing out fuck that Let him know, man. So today, before we get to our main topic, we got to go over the market, man. What's going on in the market? I see the numbers are still red. What's what's up? You made some promises, man. Um, you know, I mean, well, I, we told we, we told everybody that everything was going to go higher, right? Uh huh. Before go before things go lower, but we did say you're gonna you're gonna experience a little lull at the end of summer. All this is is normal. Nothing about this okay. is exciting at all. The market. All right. So two things here. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you two things. Uh oh. All right. The market is fine now. Oh. Okay. But but, but listen. Hear it's me a, out. It's a lot of red. Hear me out. <laughs> so you come if you come into the stoplight and you're taking a left. Two uh-huh. things happen. You put on your turn signal. Yeah. You also apply the brakes. Absolutely. You're two things to. are happening at one time. Absolutely. All right. The market is going down. Okay. All right. Just it's the brake light. That's all. But you're also having your turn signal because I'm telling you that a recession is coming. But before that recession is coming, guess what? You're going to take your foot off the gas. So guess what? That red light is going to go away. Then what's going to happen? You're going to start picking up speed. Yeah. It's going to go higher. All right. It's still coming. All right. Just because the red light isn't there anymore doesn't mean that it's not coming. Like this, everything doesn't work in a vacuum. But as I told many individuals, they got to pull the market back. But they still, there's still a ton of IPOs that got to get launched. Yeah, you know, before the end of the year, we work 
which is invested in by some of the largest hedge funds around the world, uh-huh. has to get lunch. We should really talk about WeWork. They, never mind. Hey man, <laughs> right. what's that like? Episode seven. Yeah, Go check it out. Yeah, Somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, and then you also have Cloudflare, like Cloud Flare. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Yeah. I think they're going public. So you have a lot of stuff that got multi-billion-dollar unicorns. Still have to go public. They're not going to launch these companies into a failing market. They're going to launch. How do how do you launch a ship? Tailwinds or headwinds? Yep. You're launching in the tailwinds. You got right? to. So all these IPOs are still going to come out. They're going to launch all these IPOs into tailwind. And the what you're looking at is that they had to pull the market back because it had ran too far. Mm. But the ideal of Dow thirty thousand. I'm gonna go ahead and say it now. You can listen to this podcast. It's never gonna happen. Come on, man. Come right? on, man. It ain't happening. I'm sorry. And that, and that's me making that that's me making a guesstimation. Killing dreams. But the market is fine. Overall, the market is fine. You do need to start being aware. Um the, the, the all the indicators are blaring right now. You you have an inverted yield curve on hey. the three month and the two year. If you don't know what an inverted yield curve is, you need to go to at Mike Will Inc. on Instagram. Or go to the Facebook page at Business Stir Fry and hit up the DMs, and I'll I'll create a short video to explain to you what's the inverted yield curve and what it. Means. And just to provide some insight, um, because I know you guys definitely want to know, uh, Bitcoin is at ten point eight. Uh, <laughs> it's almost up there, you know, at the numbers we wanted. It's it's keep going down. It's going but it's, hi- no, but it's going higher though. That's why I keep telling everybody like, it, it it is going to go higher. But don't get don't get sucked in at. at <laughs> 18,000 again. Like hey, that, was, that was just stupid. Hey, man. What's going to get... What my what my man said is going to get up to? He said... So, I, I've seen 100 and I've seen a yeah. million. Hey, man. We're going to get there. It's going to hit both numbers. It just... You know, <laughs> 20 years from now. Yeah. Like, 20 years from now, Bitcoin will be at some ridiculously high number. And we're going to have a bunch of it. So, uh, today's topic, man. I remember when I was a child, um, you know... I want to say this is all West Boulevard. This is when I was a kid, and yeah. we in Charlotte. So I'm going through, and you know, I remember telling my mom and dad, like, "Hey, I want to watch a movie." So we pull up to this store. It was blue. It had yellow writing, and it was dope because you got to go in, you get to go down these aisles, and you get to grab a movie, take it home, and watch it. Then it got really cool once they start having video games in there because I can rent video games and not even worry about it. Um, they're no longer around. They're not around anymore. And, and so probably, I think last week on Instagram, we were talking about the ideal of like starting your business and why you shouldn't let other people like tamper with your ideal because the bad ideal, like the, the worst ideal, the shittiest ideal are normally the ideals that work. The great ideals are normally ideals that you're moving into a, a crowded space in, mm-hmm. but where, but if you, which, you know, again, we were talking about, right, the threshold model of collective behavior, right? Yep. The diffusion of ideals model where, where where are you when starting the business? And we were talking about Blockbuster and we are talking about the demise of Blockbuster. And I think that's a lesson for, for entrepreneurs. I think it's something that if you're starting a business, all entrepreneurs need to understand the idea of Blockbuster. Blockbuster was a company that was worth about $5 billion at one point in time. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money now. Now, I know with this this crazy IPO market right now, we think $5 billion isn't a lot of money. Hold on. They was actually valued at $8.4 and $94. Wow. So, so even higher <laughs> than, than, than what I even remember. <laughs> 
So we're talking about a company that's worth eight point four billion dollars, right? And it's out of business. They're they're gone. They're a twelve year old <laughs> kid that if you say the word blockbuster to, they don't know what the hell you're talking about. It's right up there next to I don't know, I was Win Dixie at the grocery store in Charlotte. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, definitely. Like, not is that. there a Win Dixie in Charlotte? Not I don't at think all. Been a in Charlotte for, for, for decades. A decade at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's so it's two things that happen here. One is you know, do you know where your business is going? And when your business get there, do you know how to pivot? All right. Most of us aren't there. What you know, when we finish these first twenty episodes, we're gonna do the, the relaunch your business um, course or whatever, which is gonna be for everybody who started a business and failed, because that's an underserved market right now. No one, no one serve. Everyone serves you for like, oh, you're making a hundred grand. Oh, you want to start a business? Nobody really deals with entrepreneurs that have started and failed. So we're, we're going to have that. But the reason why I really like the Blockbuster story is because it falls with so many other stories that entrepreneurs really need to understand. And they're not the only one. Like our our last, either our 19th or 20th, 20th episode is going to be probably the one company that has fucked up more than Blockbuster. Who? Yahoo. <laughs> so that episode, I can't wait to do it because they're like the one company that has probably fucked up more than blockbusters but you have so many of those stories so you have yahoo yahoo could have bought google they could have bought facebook um and and, and that is argued facebook was like they won for sale but but it was said that if y'all if they would have offered a hundred thousand dollars more excuse me this that was a terrible decimal point by me (laughs) if they would have offered 100 million dollars more there we go we got y'all we got (laughs) y'all They would have so they would have forced Zuckerberg to sell Facebook. Uh, you have AOL. AOL mm-hmm. chose Time Warner instead of choosing AT and T. AT and T, as a telecommunications company, has mm-hmm. brought has probably built the strongest moat of any telecommunications company out there. Comcast was like, Nah, Disney, y'all too much money. What okay. Disney stock at today? Like, I don't, I don't even know. It, but it's it's ridiculous. Disney changed laws. Man, Group Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> said no to Google. Friendster said no to Google. Do you know who Groupon is or Friendster is today? Right? Do you know who Google is? So there's a lot of bad ideas. Verizon. Oh, gosh. Oh, the Apple. We don't want your iPhone. We don't need it. Made, made AT&T probably the strongest telecommunication. That one mistake, that arrogance, that one mistake. So there's right, a lot bro. of lessons to learn from Blockbuster. But we're not here for Blockbuster today. What are we here for? We're here for Netflix. Let's get it. We're going to talk about Netflix today. And we're going <laughs> to run through this, man, because I know we done kept y'all on real quick. But so, ne- Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I just think it's funny because um, Blockbuster, let's let's run back right quick. 94, 8.4. Netflix was founded two and a half years later. Who? who, who? That, Netflix. That, that's exactly. <laughs> so think about it, y'all. We talking 20 years. Over 20 years ago, Netflix was popping. We've been talking about Netflix maybe since college. Like, yeah. like we haven't we we haven't been talking about Netflix for a decade. How many times? But think about this though. It, it's such a dynamic story because how many times have we mentioned Netflix on this podcast? I think the, probably yeah. the the companies we probably mentioned the most on this podcast is Netflix, Uber, and Amazon, and Amazon. <laughs> like, <laughs> so so these companies are like the, you know the impact of our lives mm-hmm. and what so what so let's talk about netflix a little bit right so reed hastings uh-huh and 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 I, we don't really want to talk about it as a startup yeah because reed hastings 
had sold uh, the company, his company called Pure Software in 95 for $750 million. Now, I don't know how much of that $750 million was his, but probably hundreds of millions of dollars, right? So he was rich when he started Netflix. They've created every story. So, so you know, like eBay, like the eBay story, right? Like I, I started eBay because I wanted, I was looking for a pair of suspensors. That was bullshit, yeah. right? So it's the same story with Reed Hastings. I started Netflix because I paid $40 in late fees at Blockbuster. That story has pretty much been proven to be bullshit. So we're yeah. not here for the sappy. Go ahead you know, and lie to us. <laughs> what the hell story happened? Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta have a good story. That's gonna, it's gonna push it. Oh, it sells. It sounds push, good during press. Sounds good. It's gonna push the narrative. <laughs> but Reed Hastings. But what I want to discuss is when Reed Hastings was found, founding Netflix, it was a terrible idea. He founded Netflix in the era of Blockbuster. Absolutely. He, so when he walked into Blockbuster, he created Netflix. Right, he got all the money in the world to create Netflix, mm-hmm. and even though this guy's worth, let's just say he's worth hundred million dollars. That's enough. He's worth hundred million dollars, <laughs> and he goes down to Blockbuster CEO, and he goes into their offices, and he say, "Hey guys, I'm gonna create Netflix. Blockbuster is a five billion dollar business. Let mm-hmm. us handle your online distribution of Blockbuster. In return, I'd like to sell you forty nine percent of Netflix for fifty million dollars." <laughs> Guess what he got back. He got laughed out of the room. Exactly. He got laughed <laughs> out of the room. Now, check this. This guy is worth $100 million minimum. At minimum. When he walks into the room. All right? They laughed him out. Now, there's two things that we want to touch on real quick here. Uh-huh. We always talk about the 48. Even though he was worth a lot of money, he knew he was moving into a space against a behemoth. The mm. first thing that he sought out to do is to go in and tell the gorilla in the room, let's partner up. Yeah. <laughs> Intelligent intel like like if you want to know how to invest in a company, this is this is CEO one on one. Why am I gonna try to take on the gorilla if I don't have to? Ask Snapchat what it's like to take on Instagram. All right. <laughs> Ask Groupon what it's like to take on Google. Mm-hmm. Ask Yahoo what it's like to take on Google. If you cannot recognize the bully in the room you're going to get hit by the fucking bully because you don't know who it is. Absolutely. So this is why Netflix is, is successful, is that this guy saw who the bully was, went to the bully and said, hey, instead of you taking all my lunch money, why don't we split my lunch money? Yeah. And got laughed out of the room. Got laughed out. So when that happens, you got to make a move. That, so when that happens, he got to make, make a move. And what Blockbuster didn't realize, because Blockbuster was making so much money hand over fist, yeah. they didn't understand that most of their money was coming from late fees. Uh, excuse me. Let's not say most because most people gonna think most is over fifty percent. Yeah. I don't know the percentage, but a choke, a chunk. Yeah. Of what they had in in, in net income, was coming from late fees. Guess Some what, for me. Guess what? Guess what? Netflix was getting rid of late fees. Late fees. That's what they were promoting when they first started their business. No late fees. Exactly. So the thing is, it's like, so we we, we were talking about the. Um, how did how disruption happen and knowing where you are in the adoption cycle. Yeah. They recognize where they were in the adoption cycle, which is something that we all need to recognize in our business. No matter where you come in in a business, it doesn't matter if you come in late. A lot of people are like, man, I'm, I'm last to the party. Yeah. Man, Apple's like last to the, every party. Like Apple doesn't show up to the party first. No. Nah. Apple shows up to the party last. Absolutely. But they have the best liquor when they get there. They, hey, top they, show. They have the best liquor and the best weed. Hey. Everybody <laughs> sticks around. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
So so understand that it doesn't matter where you show up at in business. Absolutely. Are you going to have the best liquor and the best weed? If you and it's not and, and the best liquor and the best weed is not your product. Yeah. It is, guys, let me repeat this: the Talk best liquor and the best weed is not your product. It's going to be what that consumer wants. Is it convenience? Is it how fast you can expedite something? If you can save them money. Can you save me money? That's always a good one. Always a good <laughs> always one. Always <laughs> a good one. Guys, that is going to be the thing that's going to, you know, even if you're a late adopter, these are the things that's going to make the difference. And the reason why we want to bring up Netflix tonight was for two reasons. We're going to let everybody go. One, it was a terrible idea. Yeah. It was, a, it was, it was not a great idea to start Netflix. We look at it now, and we're like, yo, this is a great idea. No, it was a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. You're going to sell DVDs in the era of Blockbuster? And then, and then you're gonna say we're gonna stream. Netflix decided to start streaming before internet was good. Companies <laughs> even could provide the bandwidth. Bro. Like they were, Netflix was launching shows that was crashing Time Warner cable yeah. <laughs> servers in New York City. <laughs> like <laughs> it was a bad idea. Well, you know, speaking of which, I think there's an important lesson to learn. On the side of Blockbuster, sometimes you have to learn to adapt to what's coming. Yeah. And they failed to realize that. Um, Because once you laugh in somebody's face and say, no, I don't like your idea, you do have to recognize, like, what's coming in the future. And I always think about, like, this. Uh, Leo Cohen said something one time. They asked him, they said, how do you feel about CDs? And because everybody was like, nobody wanted CDs. And he said, I'm cool with it. And they said, why? And his reason was, you got to go back and buy everything now. So I'm making money. And so then I remember I was into an interview with Lior and they said, how do you feel about streaming? He said, I love it. He said, I knew it was coming. So I started investing in streaming early because he said, I knew everybody just like the CD was going to have to start streaming. He said, there's going to get a point where the consumer loves convenience and saving money so much that they don't want what they used to have. And so... Look at Blockbuster and you say, man, they didn't adapt. And how many of us as entrepreneurs are so prideful to say like, hey, I know social media is a new way of reaching people. I just don't want to be on there. Or I know that, you know, SEO is important, but I don't want to have a website. I don't want to be online. And you end up losing so much money. And then you got one of these damn 19-year-olds over here starting a web development company making a million dollars. Yeah. Because he's saying, oh, I see the times changing, so I'm going to change with it. And they and, out hustling you. Gosh, that's another thing. I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to read a quote real quick from Reed Hastings because that's how fast things can change. A lot of yeah. times we're like, man, it takes forever for things to change. I was reading an Inc. article on um, on what Reed Hastings was saying. By the way, all those businesses that I was telling you, I got it for business insider. I do like to give people, you know, hey, information send for us to check. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, wherever <laughs> I get information from, I like to quote it. But Reed Hastings said DVDs will continue to generate big profits for, in the near future. Netflix has at least another decade of dominance ahead of it. But movies and internet are coming and at some point will be become big business. We start incre- we start investing one to two percent of revenue every year in downloading. All right, he said that in two thousand and five in an Inc. magazine article. He thought it was be twenty fifteen before DVD stopped. Twenty fifteen. Bro. I have not bought a DVD Oh my gosh. Since probably since I bought an Apple product, if I'm being honest. I, I think the last DVD I bought was maybe 2010. Yeah. So think about this. So in 2005, he was still in the mindset of yeah. DVDs are going to be a major part of business. 
Yeah. The DVDs are almost no part of business anymore. I bought a DVD and didn't even have a DVD player. I don't exactly. Even know why by I accident, right? Like, yeah. you know, how am I going to watch it? I got to watch it on my laptop. Oh, yeah. guess what? Don't have a DVD, DVD yeah, drive on I, my laptop. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I didn't even have a DVD player. So think I, about this. So, I'm I mean, stupid. So, so again, <laughs> the, the ideal. So, so now we got three different ideas, right? Like, how yeah. fast shit can change. Absolutely. You have the ideal of what the bad ideal is. And then you also got to understand that, hey, where are you in the adoption stage of business? Absolutely. And that's all I got today because I don't want to bore people. Hey, man, make sure y'all rock with us. Make sure you follow us. Um, hop on Facebook. Let us know. Give us some feedback. We like the comments, man. And um, I, th- I think it's telling that we don't really have as much as we want on Facebook anymore. Yeah. I, I-, I really think that Facebook is facing a problem that they don't want to admit that's real right now. Now, we're quoting this. Right. This is 2019, right? <laughs> Here we go. All right. I think Facebook has a problem going on right now that they're not telling the world that they really have. Broken news. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. And we'll holler at y'all next time. Holler at your boy.